0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I'm your host for the show, Dr. Lino Martinez. Oh yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Little Less Fear podcast. I'm super duper excited to reintroduce and welcome back Ryan Ray here, Ryan Ray Harbuck, who has her new book. It's called When I Grow Up, I Want to Be a Chair. It just came out. Please tell us about your book. How did it, how did it, this book journey begin, and how long did it take you? Give us all the all the all the great information on it, please.
1: Yeah, thank you, Lena. Well, first of all, I'm like super excited to meet with you again. Yes. Uh, you you were sort of like the first podcaster i was able to chat with when i started this journey and so it's like really fun to now come back now that it's i guess done and out in the world to kind of like revisit where what's going on and and actually be able to talk more about my book to you because at that point you were still me. in
0: the process,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that feeling. So, how
0: uh, tell us about your journey for the people listening for the first time? How did this book even come about?
1: So you know, it's it's really kind of funny for me because I don't have um, a moment in my memory where I decided to write a book, and um, this is something that's been that I've been compiling stories from my life over the last probably 15 years, I probably first wrote, you know, my first story in there, and I think um, it sort of just, like, fell into place because I was somebody that always enjoyed writing. I wouldn't have ever said I was a writer. I was a biology major in college, and um, but I, I, looking back now, writing was something that I always did, whether it was having a blog or just writing in a journal or what have you, I was always doing it. And Mm so for me to just sit down and start writing a story about my life, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. And so, but I think I, I, after, you know, a year or two years, I started to realize, like, I have a lot of stories here and I was, um, writing them just based off of how I felt or based off of a lesson I had at the moment or needed. And so when I actually sat down and decided like this, I want this to be a book and I want it to be published and I want other people to read it, I had a lot of work to do because I did not write it chronologically. I wrote it just about how I was feeling. And so once, once I actually decided that this, that I wanted it to be a real book, I had to go back. I put all the chapter titles on sticky notes and and (laughs) I had this like really big whiteboard. And I sat there for an hour and tried to put them all where they should actually go. All these stories. Yeah. And, um, originally I was going to try to actually publish it out of order because I thought it was very creative and very much, you know, how it was inspired by me, but it just became in terms of like, actually somebody trying to read it and follow along, it wouldn't have worked. And so, um, so, just kind of going through it, like once I actually organized all the stories, um, you know, then it was like, oh, well, okay, well, then I need to put something about this person here, it, you know, in this later chapter so readers actually know what happened to this person. And sure. so then it became a lot more about like writing a full length book, um, a memoir. Um, I think that because it took me so long to write it, when i when i originally decided that i wanted to publish it i remember that i wrote i didn't have it finished but i remember that i wrote down what i wanted you know the rest of the chapters to be and what's really funny is looking back now i don't think any of those chapters exist because over the course of a dozen plus years your life changes and so exactly. All of a sudden, my chapters were changing because of the experiences I was having in my life, and yes. um, and so it was. It became like, you know, not only was it like a really cathartic process to constantly be living and then reflecting and writing about it all, but it, it was also just a very fluid process. It was ever changing. It was I was going to write about this, and now that doesn't seem so relevant anymore. And um, yeah, and so it it did. I think it was finally when. So I have two babies at home. I have an eight-year-old and a two, and a three-year-old. He's three now. He had a birthday since we talked. Um, and it was when I was pregnant with my youngest. That's when I really, really got serious about it and decided that um, I think a lot of moms can understand like, you know, being a mom is is one of the best treasures and gifts, but it also takes so much of your your own self. Yeah. You know, not just time, but there's like this piece of self that kind of gets put, pushed away. It's not gone, but it's, it's not as important anymore. And so, and I was recognizing that being pregnant. And so that's when I got very serious about like, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to put it in the world. I owe this to myself. I've been putting so much of my own effort and energy into it. And, um, and so that's when I really, really decided and got serious. But then it was an, another two years before I actually published the thing.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the book starts everything from birth to now?
1: You know, I think the youngest that I actually um, talk about in my book is uh, being about four. Okay. Um, and the, it, it does kind of jump around slightly. It does start off, the book starts off with talking about me being in the hospital after having a car accident and um, being paralyzed and, and um, how the, the emotions there. And then it kind of goes from there and moves on and talks a little bit more about how I became paralyzed and, and what happened that night and how it changed, not my life, but everybody's life. And then, and then it kind of continues on through, um, I was 16 when my accident happened. So it, it talks about, um, just what a normal teenager feels like versus what somebody that's now this hyper aware, um, teenager that, you know, lost a lot, but still could have so much and how to change your perspective. And then, um, you know, kind of just takes off from there and, and follows the rest of of my journey so far.
0: (laughs) Would you say that your book um, was therapeutic writing, writing it, or would you say that it was actually difficult? Because I know when I, when I was going through it, there were some chapters that I was just crying and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this, you know, but then when it was done, it was like, you know, like I could breathe. Did you, did you You kind of go through the same stuff?
1: I have so much of that. So it was obviously very, (laughs) because I just started writing it. There wasn't a lot of, of you know thought process. It was like, there were these stories and these emotions inside of me that needed a home and I wasn't willing to be that home for it anymore. And so that kind of helped me process through a lot of things um, that I've gone through. Um, but I also I also, in saying that, I think there were stories of mine that were so hard to get out that um, there's actually a chapter in my book that's written as a diary, as um, a bunch of diary entries. And it's funny because I've talked to multiple people about that. um, And every single person that I've talked to thought they were real diary entries, but they weren't. They were just, it was like the only way that I could get out what was inside of me was to write it as a diary entry. And so that whole chapter is just me finding a bunch of diary entries from you know my teens all the way to like my early twenties. And um, it was just, I think because it was all so hard for me to write it any other way that I had to write it like that 16 year old self or that 14 year old self, because I, that's, that's where I knew to, emote from i guess And it was very
0: creative too so i'm sure that using that creative process was therapeutic as well
1: sure yeah yeah absolutely
0: and when you get into that zone it's almost as if it kind of comes out a little more freely too
1: mm-hmm. one of my favorite chapters is it, i would say probably my most creative chapter is written as a recipe
0: and, what
1: and it was and it's, it's just a, a short little chapter um oh my gosh, I'm not even going to get the name of it right, because it's it's so convoluted. It's um my acceptance of your acceptance of accepting me, a recipe. And so it, wow. just, it goes through and it talks about just like small little times in my life where my acceptance of myself or somebody else's acceptance of me, you know, physically being in a wheelchair, what that has done in terms of Um, how's that, how that has made me feel, how that has impacted me, how that has impacted somebody else. Because being a very physical and visible disability, um, it's, I think it's both easier and harder to live with. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier because people expect, you know, there to be some challenges. Mm -hmm. um, And there are. Uh, But I also think that it's harder because then People expect there to be challenges. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so that was just a fun chapter to write, to just sort of give a reader a little idea of what it's like to have a physical disability, like being in a wheelchair, being paralyzed. Tell us
0: about the title. I love the title, by the way, but tell us how that came to be.
1: So uh, when I grew up, I want to be a chair. Um, there is a chapter in my book called To Be a Chair, and it's all about when I was preschool age, I actually told my parents, and I'm not kidding, that I wanted to be a chair when I grew up. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> right. And so, you know, was, was that something that I was having like, like
0: a premonition almost.
1: Right, right. Or, you know, that guy sort of rationalized it in the sense that I had a baby sister at the time. And perhaps like nobody would let me hold her. And I thought if I was a chair, they would let me hold her something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know, but, um, I, but that, but it's so it's kind of like a play on words, but it's not, it's a true sure. story. And, right, right. um and so it was really easy for that to become the title of my book. And it's been able, um as I've sort of like matured through the process of writing this book, it, um, I've learned that that chair is a very metaphoric thing that anybody can really relate to. And, um, in the back blurb of my book, it's, it says, what's your chair? It says, everybody has a chair, something that you're either bound to or unwillingfully defines you. And, you know, and so what do you do with that chair and, and what right. is your chair? Um, and so, it, you know, in. To be honest, that kind of came about last minute. I had a whole other blurb written up, and even um, in uh, in layout form, I had the graphic artist put that blurb up on the what what the back cover was going to be. And I looked at it and I said, it's not right. I need to rewrite it, and so, and that's when I sat down and thought, like, what is my book? What do I really, really want? Yeah, to take out of it and to and to understand. And and I really wanted people to understand that it's that it, it's so much not about a chair as much as it is about a chair, and that I'm not the only one that has that. And um, and so that's sort of, uh, you know, like I said, it, I, my my own individual process of of understanding what I was writing matured throughout. And I realized that there were a lot of themes and notions that I was trying to give to the world and I didn't even know it.
0: <laughs> right, up until like towards the end, right?
1: So after go time.
0: <laughs> what was the biggest struggle in writing your memoir?
1: Um, like actually having it out in the world, honestly. The biggest yeah. struggle. Because I knew there were a lot of things in there that were really painful, that were really private. And I am, you know, fairly introverted to begin with. Um, I'd say I have a lot of people that I talk to in my life that are friends or, you know, acquaintances. And I didn't even stop for one second and think about anybody actually reading my book. And I think when it came down to it, I knew that what was in it was so important that if I actually spent the time to think about it, I wouldn't have done it. And yeah. so I just, I just didn't let myself really really think. think. Yeah. And I just didn't let myself think about like, well, what happens when the PTO mom is reading your book or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. because I think that I might've scared myself off. And so I didn't um, since it's, since it's been, out in the world and and people have been reading it. I have had a lot of people come to me and talk to me about how brave I am for having it out there. Oh, yeah. And I I have very like mixed emotions about that because I don't feel brave. I feel scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I and I feel, but I just um like I said, I didn't let myself think too hard on it because it was But that is
0: bravery though. Going <laughs> through your fears.
1: I suppose. I'm I'm not sure I'm I'm through them yet.
0: <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I think we'll we'll always have some fears going through life. But um, so, what what kind of what other comments are you getting? You're getting that you're brave, and what other what other comments are you getting?
1: Um, I pleasantly, I've heard that my book is a quick read for most people, and that it's a very universal read that that people are able to pick things. Um, specifically for themselves out of it, which I am like very very happy about. Um, I will be honest with you. My dream is for somebody to pick it up and think it's a work of fiction. That's like I don't know why, but that is like my ultimate dream. I just want somebody randomly to pick it up somewhere and be like, "Oh, this is a really nice novel."
0: <laughs> wow! I don't know why 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 the fiction dream.
1: I, I think I think because I. I really enjoy being a writer, and it just so happened that I wrote my story, you know, I almost wish that it was not true, because, uh, because of how, you know, emotional and painful it can be at times, and how um, it's, it's a whole nother beast when, you know, I haven't thankfully I haven't had a bad review yet but it's gonna happen right it happens to everyone I'm gonna have a bad review and it's not just going to be because I'm a bad writer it's gonna be like well this is my personal life in this book that you just said was terrible
0: <laughs> yeah well you know what um, Ryan there's no I, I personally feel that if it's a if, if it's ever a bad review which I can I'm I doubt you'll ever get a bad review, but if you should get a bad review or, or even if I get a bad review, it's really their state of mind and where they're at, because you're coming from a wholesome, your higher self, pure love, and there's no bad review in that. So, I I mean, there's only love to give back when you're giving love. So I, I, I really feel that you're going to continue to get incredible star, five-star readings. And I'm, I'm all for it. Keep going.
1: Well, do you, you think God.
0: now that you've completed your your memoir, do you think you're going to write again and what about what about writing something fiction?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's Um, I would say the last few months of finalizing my book, I really, really just fell in love with writing. I really did. And, um, once my book was out in editing and it was done and there was nothing left for me to write, I found myself writing and figuring out like, I, I I was like, well, what's a, what's a flash fiction story? I'm going to look that up. What's a micro fiction story. And so I started writing some pieces and I, um, Just uh, I think about a month ago, I had a microfiction piece. So a piece that was 150 words put into a literary magazine, a very small one, but I was very excited about that. That's fun, too. Yeah. And I've submitted a couple other things elsewhere and haven't really gotten anything yet. But um, I'm excited to continue to play around with it. Um, I have this like nagging like button that keeps going off about a, a fiction novel that I would like to write but it's just like not it's not time yet haven't put it all together so I'm going to kind of like hold on to that for a little bit um and I did actually um we were just on a big road trip our whole family and and one of the long car rides I wrote a um children's book with the same title of my book and it's not really, it doesn't follow the same stories necessarily. That would not be a good children's book, but um, it's about, you know, like a little kid who tells everybody that when they grow up, they want to be a chair and what everybody's reaction is to that. And so um, I may try to get that published next. I don't know.
0: I think that sounds incredible. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, there's there's definitely something gracious and, and glorious in the feeling of creating stories for sure
1: yeah yeah definitely. and children's
0: books right is that what, what is that like a children's book or a children's fiction that you're that you're yeah
1: the the one that I've kind of rough drafted is um would be like uh, akin to like a nice little bedtime story like a little short it rhymes you know that, that sounds amazing yeah
0: so what's the biggest um takeaway that you want your readers to get from your book
1: you know, like I mentioned before, um, realizing that everybody has a chair, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be a wheelchair. It doesn't have to be something physical, but, but everybody has something that either feels like it's holding them back. It's binding them to something that's not wholesome for themselves or, and something that identifies them that they didn't necessarily sign up for. And Mm -hmm. I think, That's um, a big notion. You know, I didn't sign up to be a disabled person or a, you know, whatever, but that, but that's who I am and that's, that's life. And you either learn to accept and appreciate what it offers to you to move Mm -hmm. forward or you don't. And then, you know, the possibilities start to diminish.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. So, how can our readers, our viewers, and our watchers find you? How can, Where can we find your book?
1: Yes, please. It's all over Amazon. <laughs> you can get a paperback copy, you can get a Kindle copy. Um, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is one of those borrowed books. Um, I hope to be doing an audiobook soon. Um, I just haven't gotten my feet wet with that quite yet. And um, I do have a website my full name, Ryanrayharbuck.com. If you would like to look for anything else related to me
0: <laughs> and social media, do you use that for uh, do you use that to market yourself as well or is that personal?
1: No, i absolutely do. My Instagram primarily would be a great way to follow my writing, my book, um, what I'm up to.
0: And I'll give all the information too when I when I post everything up. So thank you so much for your time. And-
1: When I grow up,
0: I want to be a chair, available now on Amazon. Author Ryan Ray Harbuck, thank you so much for shedding your light, sharing your light, and all of your glorious nature. Thank you so much for being awesome. And I look forward to seeing where you're at in a few more months, and maybe we could touch base again.
1: Yeah, I'd love to check in again. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah, have a great one.
0: Yeah, you too. Thank you. That was an incredible interview with Ryan Ray Harbuck, with her incredible book, When I Grow Up I Want to Be a Chair. I started reading the book, she was such a sweetheart, she gave me a PDF copy of it, I started reading it, I haven't finished it yet, and so far it's really incredible. She's just, she's lived an incredible life with, with her amazing personality that just keeps pushing her forward, and that's exactly... Exactly, exactly the type of people and role models we need in our life. Thank you so much, Ryan Ray Harbuck. And speaking of that this is disability pride month so I just want to give a shout out to all the people who are disabled living with disabilities those that have hidden secret quiet disabilities I don't know what do they call them so sorry non visible disabilities that's actually what I have and I that was a Freudian slip there, calling it a secret because not everyone knows that I've got a couple disabilities so if you're curious and you're interested in my book a little less fear it's a memoir about my whole life about what I've gone through with all 40 plus surgeries including um, transitioning to a man from being a female for 34 years. It's available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle, both paperback and uh, ebook. And, uh, yeah, so I just also want to give a shout out to all the subscribers, all the fans, all the viewers, watchers, listeners. Thank you so much for continuing to support this podcast. Just It's because of listeners, viewers, and watchers like you that this can continue. It keeps me motivated. It keeps people motivated in general. And uh, don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks so much and uh, stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Love you all so much.